Well, let's get right into it today, uh, this evening. We'd like to uh, thank everybody that's tuning in. And uh, we have also a good crowd in the morning. Looking forward to Wednesday night coming up this week. Apparently, uh, we have heard no other official news, but it looks like we're going to have another Sunday that we're locked down here in Whatcom County. And uh, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to a few people, if you don't mind. Hey to everybody in South Carolina. And hey to everybody in, in Canada. And <clears throat> let's see, um, uh, hey to everybody in uh, San Diego. And hey to everybody at my house, if you didn't make it. No, no, <laughs> just joking. Uh, we have everybody here. It's kind of neat. Uh, our church is um, well attended this evening because... We have all of our family here. And so uh, could I get an amen from the shavers? Amen. See that? And it's all legal, too. <laughs> so <clears throat> if anybody would come into church and stop us, we'd say, hey, we got plenty of people here. They're all in my family. We're legal, too. Go ahead and try to count them. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'd like to shout out for uh, Lorenzo Montez. We love Lorenzo Montez. Brother Montez, thank you for your service to the, uh, the whole world and the country uh, that you are, have been a Vietnam veteran for all these years, and we thank you for that. Uh, Brother Montez is at the uh, Veterans Home in Port Orchard, Washington, and uh, pray for Hope and the, his family. Uh, they can't really go see him like as often as they were, once were. <clears throat> because of the uh, crackdown, I should say, lockdown. But uh, Brother Lorenzo, if you ever get this message, we want you to know we love you. And uh, we're, as soon as they open those doors, we'll probably be there the next day. So we're going to try to come and see you as soon as we can. All right. And uh, I, I was in the Navy, but can I say Semper Fi? Amen. Oh, man. I, I love Brother Lorenzo. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get into our message tonight. I've entitled this message, My Times Are in Thy Hand. David said this. Let's go to Psalm 31. And while you are uh, searching for Psalm 31, I just want to let you know, uh, we are planning on Easter services, uh, but we don't know when the, uh, uh, the governor might change that. But uh, we'll let you know. As it stands, everything after Easter, as far as our church calendar, we will go ahead and uh, keep on the schedule until further notice. And of course, when you come back to church, folks, we're going to have this place just as clean as it is right now. It is spick and span. Uh, I don't even think there's no germ would possibly come in that front door. All right. Psalm 31. Let's take um, and have just a little bit of prayer here. And thank you for praying with us. Let's pray. Our Father, tonight, thank you for your blessings to us. As usual, we are praising you and thanking you for your mercy toward us. Thank you for this Bible. It's more real now than it ever has been in times of trouble, in valleys. Uh, Lord, help all the people under the sound of our voices as preachers to get back into the Bible and take time and read and pray and, and seek the Lord. And we thank you for your mercy to us, Lord. Bless all that hear this message. And bless me now as I preach it, and bless all those that hear it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, once again, thank you for coming and, and being here with us. All right, Psalm 31, we'll start off with verse number 7. 
David, of course, was always in trouble uh, with unbelievers and enemies. But look at verse 7 now. He says, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy. For thou hast considered my trouble. I want you to know tonight God's considering the trouble our country's in. And we still have reason to rejoice and be glad. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. We are in an adversity time right now. Times of adversity. Times of uh, trouble. The mercy of the Lord is still available for all that would hope in his mercy. Now let's go to the uh, verse number 15. David said specifically here, and this will be our text tonight. He said to the Lord in prayer as he was singing, My times, my times, my times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. I like that phrase tonight. David cried out to the Lord and he said in, in acknowledgement that my times are in thy hand. He prayed to the Lord and he said that, meaning that he had to go through a lot of different kinds of times in his life. Right now, you and I are in a, a separate time in our life. And all the times that we have gone through, from time to time, from time to time, uh, we go through different times in our life. I remember when I was 20, and uh, I thought time was going by real slow. Now that I'm older than that, not much, uh, not much at all, but um, I feel like time's flying by. <laughs> but all the times in your life, there was a time for this and a time for that. And, and we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we're going to look. But the Bible tells us, David said, my times are in thy hand. I hope you're trusting the Lord with all the different times in your life that God is in full control, in, in his hands. Now, in Psalm chapter 4... Um, it, it tells us that, you don't have to turn there, but it says that God has set apart him that is godly for himself. God sets us apart for himself. David was set apart for God's purpose. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says, The Lord knoweth them that are his. He knows us. He, he knows the trouble we're in. He knows the adversity we're in. And we can say like David, I know the Lord has set us apart. I know that he, he knows us. And I, and I know that God has all of my times in his hands. Think of your whole life is in the hands of God. Not one thing is he missing. He's never made a mistake, never, never forgotten anything. He's never uh, made an error of any kind. He's never had some kind of a shortcoming. God is perfectly in control. And we can rest in that. My times are in his hand. Now turn with me to Psalm 34. We're in Psalm 31. Let's go to Psalm 34. And <clears throat> verse number 7 through 9. Listen to this now closely. The Bible says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. We're going to be delivered from all of this uh, viral uh, infectious uh, scare we're going to be delivered one time and uh, the time will come as all times do come where the time will come where our nation will be back going uh, full steam ahead uh, and you can trust God that he will he has not forgotten us 
You can say with David, I can say with David, my times are in his hands. He says in verse number eight, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. So God knows us and our times are in his hand. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes real quickly or go forward to Ecclesiastes. We're going to find that uh, David's son, King Solomon, when he was full of wisdom and full of years, he wrote down Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes means the preacher. Uh, ecclesia, ecclesia is, is the gathering of God's people together, congregating, uh, going, coming out of different businesses and, and occupations to gather around the Lord's word. And here is the preacher. He says in uh, chapter number three of Ecclesiastes, notice verses um, one through eight. Notice clearly here these times that we're talking about. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So there's a specific reason why we're going through this. There is a time for this. This is time for this kind of uh, situation in our lives. It's time for it. Verse number two says, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. It says a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Uh, that's the right kind of dance, by the way. All right, that. That's a good dance. That's the kind David danced. Anyway, verse 5. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace. And for you girls, a time to refrain from embracing. Amen. Uh, a and, and boys. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend. A time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. I like that last phrase, don't you? There will be a time of peace. So we have different times. We go through time to time, from time to time. Now, I want you to see something. Time is a long process sometimes. Let's look at Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Daniel chapter number 7. Daniel makes this um, uh, phrase, or the, uh, the writer of Daniel. I want you to know something. You're going to see this is the only time you'll find this phrase in all the Bible. And I want to focus on it because it's the only time you're ever going to see this in the whole Bible, and, it, and it's pinpointed for us tonight. I think we should highlight this. Look uh, in verse number 22 of chapter 7. <clears throat> he says, until the Ancient of Days, that's Jesus, he's prophesying here about the end times. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came, the time came, that the saints possessed the kingdom. That's the only time in the Bible that phrase is ever used. And the time came. All times come. All times. If it's in the Bible, 
there will be a time that it does come. I've been searching my heart lately and kind of meditating on our situation. And I find this. I find that uh, there was a, a time, oh, back, I'd say a few weeks, I was almost complaining to the Lord. And uh, sometimes I get a little uh, depressed in the way that, like, I, I, I wonder where the judgment of God is. And I wonder why there's so many things that are allowed to happen in our country and in the world without God doing something. But now I find that my attention is drawn to the fact that we have something going on in our country that's unprecedented. It's never happened before like this. There have been different sicknesses and influenzas that hit our country that were much worse than this, but the whole country didn't shut down. Everybody didn't stop living. Every, uh, people are at, at their wit's end trying to figure out what is happening to our nation. Everybody stopped. I, I, I was driving on the freeway the other, the other day, probably uh, two, maybe yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday, day before. There's hardly any traffic compared to normal. It's amazing. I don't know how our country is going to survive this. I don't know how in the world we're going to keep going like this. Eventually, it seems to me that people will say, wait a minute. I think we've taken this a little too far. However, it's never happened like this before. It's unprecedented. It's unfathomable. It's just, it's unbelievable that we have shut down like this. But the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. You know what God's doing? He's having the process of time slowly grinding forward. And we have reached something very critical right now. It, it's life-changing to many people. The time came. It's only used one time in the Bible. Then, also, we have this world-wide uh, global fear, and uh, the Bible addresses that, as I've preached before. But David said, My times are in thy hand. God, he, he's not worried about what's going on right now. We shouldn't be either. Our times are in the hand of the Lord. Now, I want you to see something. A time of honor. Have you ever been honored? There'll be a time when you're honored. I, I think of uh, uh, David. We're talking about David in Sunday school. He was anointed by the hand of God, the oil of God, three times. So there's a time of honor. Uh, when he beat Goliath, it was a great honor for him. He was honored. Uh, there's a time of dishonor as well. As you know, David sinned greatly against the Lord a few times. He sinned with the issue of Bathsheba, and uh, that cost him uh, greatly. And I want you to turn with me to Psalm number 51 for just a minute. You know, there was a time that David was honored. You, you might have thought he could, do, he could do no wrong. But then as things got better and better, and he took the kingdom and he was anointed as king, <clears throat> of, of Judah and Israel, the United Kingdom. He was set up as a king, and we find out that he's just a man. Look at uh, Psalm 51. He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. It says in verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. 
against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. You know, the Bible teaches us that sometimes God will allow us to make mistakes. He'll allow us. And there is a time for repentance. There is a time for forgiveness. There's a time uh, for us to realize our own weaknesses. Sometimes we have to find out just how weak we are in order that we might find out how strong God is. There's a time for that. There's a time for strength. Ecclesiastes tells us everything and everything under the sun. There's a proper time for it. There's a time for glory. You remember Elijah in, in 1 Kings 18? He, he went up on the mountain and he called down fire from heaven and God gave him the answer to prayer and the fire came down and licked up all the 12 barrels or however many barrels there were. And by the way, it was in a drought. And there was no rain. And water was more special than it had ever been. And, and yet, he, he, he had those uh, prophets of Baal uh, fill up all these uh, water uh, barrels and uh, he poured it in the ditch. God answered his prayer and brought fire down. There was a time for such glory and such victory for Elijah. But it wasn't far long after that that Elijah was found under a juniper tree asking God to take his life. There was a time of honor for David. There was a time of dishonor for David. There was a time of glory for Elijah. There was a time of humility for Elijah. He was very humbled. Now I want you to go to Hebrews, uh, please, 11. And let's take a look at a famous man in the Bible, uh, Noah. And you know him well. Uh, he's, he's in the chapter uh, number 11 of faith. He was a man of faith. He trusted God. He brought his family into the ark. And the Bible says here in verse number 8, it says, by faith, or excuse me, not verse 8, verse 7, <clears throat> by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. You ever thought about Noah and how much faith he had? You know what? He, uh, he, had, uh, he had a time of uncertainty. Right now, I feel like Noah in the ark. I, we, all, we all have been told to stay home, haven't we? We've been, uh, we've been told to come into the ark and, and stay there and just wait. And you know what happened? Noah was never told by God after he made the ark. It took him a hundred years to build the ark. A hundred years. And, 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 he, and he was asked by, by the Lord, he said, come, in, come thou into the ark and bring everyone. And all the animals went in. They, and God shut the door and the rains came. Here's something very interesting about this story. Noah was never told by God how long he would have to stay in the ark. Noah had so much faith that he got into the ark and the presence of God was there, but nobody knew how long it would be. They didn't have a time slot. There was no time given to him. He, he was just told to get into the ark and stay there and wait. Do you know, folks, that they were in that ark for five months 
I don't know how they did it. I really don't know. Um, let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 7 for just a minute. <clears throat> the things that other people have gone through make me feel like I'm pretty weak. When I look at some of these things that people went through, God has never told me to get into an ark and float on the ocean in a storm for five months without seeing land. I, I only had a small taste of that. Look with me now in uh, chapter 7 of the book of Genesis. The verse number 11 says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. You know, that was a hundred years after God told him to build the ark. It took somewhere close of a hundred years for him to build that ark. It must have been interesting for him and his family. They were very, very skilled carpenters. They built a beautiful boat. It was 450 feet long. I think it was 75 feet wide, maybe 50 feet high, something like that. And all the animals in the ark. Nobody has to say that they were all full-grown elephants and, and giraffes and all. It could have been, he could have filled the whole ark up with just baby animals. That would have been the smart thing to do. But he didn't have any idea how long he'd be out there on the ocean. It's kind of like the Christian life, isn't it? We're safe in the ark. We don't know how long it's going to be. We're safe in our homes and we don't know how long it's going to be. Hopefully it'll be a short time. You know, I uh, have a little taste of that. Uh, as you know, I was in the Navy. I think the longest we were ever at sea without seeing land was uh, 31 days. But here's what I saw. Folks, listen closely. I saw men cry. I saw grown men weeping and crying like babies. I saw men break down. I, I saw men go into a, an inward uh, kind of a selfish uh, shutting out everybody else. I saw men just stare at the floor. I, I saw men just uh, act crazy. And as, as we were going longer and longer into the time without seeing any land, uh, we had a very tiny little ship. It was 720 feet long. But when you're out on the ocean, you feel like a cork in a bathtub. I mean, it's just a tiny little boat. And I thought, boy, uh, Noah's ship was even smaller than the one I got to ride on. But what kept Noah and all of his family so happy? They didn't even, you know, they told us, listen, we're going to be at this port in Singapore. Then we're going to Hong Kong. And then we're going to go to Thailand, and we're going to stop off at Australia. Then we're going to go to the Philippine Islands, and we might, uh, we might visit uh, a couple of other. I think we're going to go to Guam, and, and, and by the way, we'll stop off at Hawaii. And uh, then we're going to go to Yokosuka, Japan, and, and on this date and that date. And everybody was all excited, and uh, we stopped off at all these ports. And then they told us, hey, we're heading home, and we're going to be home in July of 1980-whatever. You know... Noah was never told this is what we're going to do and this is how long it's going to take. God just said, Noah, just come into the ark and be with me. That was enough. He had no idea how long it would be. 
Look at Genesis chapter 8 with me for just a minute. <clears throat> and God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped. And the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of the 40, of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, <clears throat> which he had made, and he sent forth a raven. Now, that's what you and I would call a big crow. Have you ever seen a big raven? They're scavenger birds. They're just creepy. They eat all kinds of crazy stuff. You find them in garbage cans and dumps, and you find them in, in dead animals on the side of the road. Ravens are not the sweetest animal in the world. They're unclean. The raven, what happened? It said, it went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. But look at this. Also, he sent forth a dove from him to, to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. There's a difference between a raven and a dove. A raven pictures the unsaved world. A dove pictures the soft sweetness of the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus is in the ark, and Noah takes in the dove. And he stayed yet other seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated off the earth. And do you know what's really sweet about this whole story? The fact is that the spring and the sunshine came in the window of the ark. Look at uh, verse uh, number uh, 19 and 20. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth on the earth after their kinds, went forth out of the ark. <clears throat> and Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar you know the lord saved noah and his family the whole earth now is populated because of noah's faith now i want to say this tonight uh it's time for us right now to go through this heartache i don't like it, it it's time for us to bond together as families it's time for us to uh, get to know one another even better than we ever have it's time for you and your family to have family time. It's time for you and I to hold in close to our loved ones. But I'll tell you what, friend, there's going to come a day when the door of the ark is open and we're going to get going again. But this time is of the Lord. It's time for this. My times are in His hands.
I hope that you have trusted Christ as your personal Savior. I hope that your whole life can be looked at as you look back. Here's when I got saved. That's the time I got saved. That's when I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Then there was a time I got baptized. Then there was a time that I joined a church, a good Bible-preaching church with the stories I've just relayed to you. And then there was a time that God called me to teach a Sunday school class. There's a time that I sang in the choir. There's a time that I went soul winning. There's a time and all these times. There's a time that uh, marriage came and there's a time that children come and there's a time. And uh, I remember when I, when I uh, moved to Jacksonville one time, I went to the barber and he was kind of a smart aleck barber. You know what he told me? He said, you're getting gray. And I thought, it's come to that time now. I'm getting gray. Um, and I've been getting gray. That was in 1989. So there was a time when I did have dark hair. And there will be a time for this, a time for that. And as you go through the process of time, remember this, all of your times are in his hand especially today. So we're going to go ahead and pray, and I hope this message has been a blessing to you. Don't forget, you might be experiencing honor right now. It's time for it. You might be dishonored. There's a time for that. You might have glory in your life. You might have humility. And right now, it's a time of uncertainty. We don't know how long we're going to be in this ark. But the day will come and the ramp will come down and we will have the door open. And I hope and pray for all of you that are members of Evergreen Baptist Church and visiting friends and loved ones, there will be a time, well, I won't have to look at a computer. I'm going to look at your face and I'm going to shake your hand without a glove and I'm going to say hallelujah, glory to God, and we're going to sing again. Let's bow for prayer.